Brina Garen, and you're listening to Hex Positive. Listening to the Stardust Sessions with Lazy Stardust and Brina Garen. Welcome, witches, to another episode of the Stardust Sessions. I'm Brina Garen. And as you know, this is a Patreon-exclusive series where I, along with my good buddy and favorite horrible goose witch, Lozzie Stardust, have banterous chats about history and witchcraft and all of the interesting places where they intersect. And we're back for part three of our dive into the life and deeds of King James. Hello, Lozzie. Hello, Poppet. Hello, Poppet. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so many notes for this one. Oh, my gosh. Oh, we're going to be throwing some vocabulary at y'all this time. And uh, the number, a number of um, documents and texts. And I'll try and link as many of them uh, in the show notes as I possibly can. And as many like, here, go and find information hereabouts. And... Uh, we 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 will have like a small bibliography of some of the books that we found that cover uh some of these various topics uh but the the really good news is that most of the things that we are about to talk about um are also in the public domain you can find them online you just have to look up the titles so yes. there's that um so we covered Jimmy's youth, his rise to kingship in Scotland and England, and his involvement with the North Berwick Witch Trials. And today we're going to wrap things up with the literary works of King James and a brief discussion of the impact they have had, which is considerable. Oh, yes. Yeah. We're going to text you up. <laughs> All right. Nice. Very nice. Um, there is a little bit of a preface uh, just to sort of set up um, where we were sort of in literary history and like where um, popular opinion as well as like religious authority opinion was at this time um, and also where the law uh, settled at this time and all of this. Um, sort of influenced uh, James's writings on the topic of witchcraft, which, of course, we're going to talk about demonology. Um, and I did cover a lot of this in episode 20 of uh, of the main show of Hex Positive, um, talking about witchcraft and the law. So we've got just a couple of things um, 1584, we have the papal bull Summus Desiderantes Effectibus, um, which uh, basically was giving certain inquisitors in Germany carte blanche to do whatever they pleased to uh, root out and punish suspected witches in the areas where they had uh, jurisdiction. Um, this will later have an impact when Heinrich Kramer, Boo. Uh, publishes the Malleus Maleficarum in 1486, which includes this capable from Pope Innocent VIII. Also, boo. Um, you know, it is later denounced as just repeating popular superstition by the church. However, um, you know, it does take hold in the popular consciousness and does have a great effect on uh, on James's own imagination. Um, yes. In 1563, we have Lizzie's laws about witchcraft, uh, an act against conjurations, enchantments, and witchcrafts. Um, 
a, a statute basically ordering capital punishment for convicted witchcraft. This is the um, death penalty in cases where provable harm had occurred or where treason had been committed. Um, if it's mischief or if it's your uh, your first time and like nothing real bad has happened, you're just going to go to prison for a year. But if you're convicted a second time, no matter what it was, off to the gallows you go. Yeah. And that sort of laid down like the first. Uh, not not certainly not the first uh, law about witchcraft in England, certainly not. Uh, but it was um, the one that James was working from. uh at the start of his his reign in England, directly after Elizabeth the uh, first, and it's also, and this is important for when we get into the the, the biblical writing. Um, this is when accusation of witchcraft uh, begins to be conflated with accusations of poisoning in England. Um, you know, the subject has obviously been raised before then, but this is where like the two sort of become really inextricably uh intertwined and it also um part of the statute is that it makes maleficium a felony uh removing jurisdictions from ecclesiastical courts to secular ones and uh similar laws are passed in scotland around the same time which would have been jamesy boy so uh, 1584 sir reginald scott publishes his skeptical expose, The Discovery of Witchcraft, um, which basically says this is all superstition. Um, You really need to learn to, like, discern between stage illusions and rural superstitions and people gossiping about, you know, things they don't understand um, and actual harm being done. So this is one of the books and one of the texts at the time that was uh, that uh, James wrote uh, sort of a rebuttal to uh, when he published Demonology. And it was actually rumored that when he came to the throne in 1603, uh, he had his agents get every copy of a discovery of witchcraft that they could get their hands on and burn them. Uh, because the book was so controversial and so counter to uh, his own views and what he wanted to put forth in the populace. So there is that. Um, highly recommend it tracking exist. it down. Yeah, because yeah. if it doesn't, yeah. if we it set it on fire, then, yeah. it no longer exists. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was like, yeah, this is this is so counter to what I believe as king. And because part of it also is like, you know, um, part of what one of the things that uh, that Scott put forward is, hey, sometimes bad shit just happens and Mm -hmm. we need to get over that rather than accusing our neighbors of causing storms and sickening cattle and such like. And, of course, that uh, did not sit well with James, who, you know, based part of his career as king on, you know, hunting down witches for causing a storm, as we discussed in our last episode. So then, of course, 1590 uh, to 1592 ish uh, was the the North Barrack trials, which were just a whole god awful mess, um, which he references. He references um, the, a number of the things that people confessed to uh, during the trials in demonology and just cites it as well. They they confess to it. Therefore, you know, it, it must it must be so. Yes, it, it so, happened. They said it, so therefore it must be right, mm-hmm. 120%, right? And it definitely wasn't because they would have just admitted to anything because it was under torture. Oh, no. Mm, of course not. Mm. Nope. Yes. So 1604, um, he puts his own new witchcraft act into place shortly after being crowned, an act against conjuration, witchcraft, and dealing with evil and wicked spirits. And this uh broadens the previous act to include the use of familiars and the conjuration with and consorting with evil spirits in the definition of witchcraft. And this is where, um, you know, this idea of familiars really becomes sort of cemented in uh, the English definition of, 
you know, what witches are and what witches do. It's, oh, they, they fly to these, these meetings with the devil and they, you know, they this create storms <laughs> and, and, you know, blast the crops, but also all of them have familiars and that becomes like sort of the trademark TMTM thing in England. Yes. Um, they really have a fixation on familiars in trials going forward uh, that you don't see elsewhere. And, no, and uh, then Hopkins yeah. carried it on and he was just like, yep, well, yes. you know, Jimmy wrote it down. So it must be true. And it's like, dude, oh, yeah. a lot of time has passed. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Mm-hmm. King wrote it. It's 100% legit. Mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> yeah. And demonology will go on to have a profound effect on people like Matthew Hopkins, um, who are out there, you know, basically hunting down supposed witches for money. Um so that is that is his, <laughs> one mm-hmm. of the first and most lamentable effects of his work. Um, but before mm-hmm, before he published Daemonology, uh, he had published this little thing called the True Law of Free Monarchies. And that was in the 1570s, I want to say. Um, and it's just it's a little tract um, setting forth his idea of what it meant to be king. Um, he it, it basically establishing himself saying is, yes, I fully believe in the uh, divine right of kings sort of as an extension of um, what's it called uh, when when the pope gets gets the job. Apostolic succession. Yes, That's the one. Um, where it's like, yes, it's it's a divinely chosen line of people uh, who are meant to rule. I am part of that line. And therefore, you know, no one can speak against me because then they are speaking against God because I have been ordained by God. Um, and this is this was um, a bit contrary to some uh, ideas that were out at the time where, you know, some folks uh, were saying, you know, uh, Actually, it is a little bit government by consent of the governed. There is a little bit of a social contract there saying that, yes, if you are appointed to rule, then you have a responsibility to the people and you are there because they are the legs you stand on. And he went, nope, nope, I'm here because of God. And that's it. Nana, nana, boo, boo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He later also publishes um, in, in 1599 the Basilicon Doron. Um, which means royal gift in Greek. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, sorry, I couldn't keep that sigh in because I was just like, <sighs> it, of it is like, and, like <laughs> yeah, and it's it really is. It's another thing of basically how to be um, a good king. Although by that time he actually like had his head on straight a little more. And, you know, he did include more ideas of, you know, yes, once you're king, yes, you are appointed by God, um, but you also have a responsibility to mete out, you know, justice um, fairly. And it's important to be to be godly and take care of things, but also further the uh, the interests of the church as well as the uh the the kingdom and it it goes into detail it goes into a lot of detail um stuff about you know how to uh how to run one's royal household how to choose a wife how to uh, how to uh conduct oneself during daily life and during wartime and during speeches and one's personal appearance and grooming and yeah, it, it it's very very thorough. Um, it's very interesting, and it um, it was uh, written in the form of a letter uh, to his eldest son, Henry yeah. Duke of Rothsey, uh, who unfortunately never did become king. Um, no. He he died uh, in sixteen twelve, uh, upon which uh, James gave it to his second son, Charles, who later became yeah. King Charles the yeah. first so he had it. basically <laughs> this 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 how-to pamphlet from his dad on how to be king yep 
with so, his brother's name written at the top, and it's like, oh, awkward, awkward. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. cross out Henry's name and just write Charlie at the top, and it's just like, Ugh. Chucky boy. Here's how we yep. do it. This says Jimmy yep. the second. Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> mhm. Yep. Yes. So, um, you know, they they do say we did say initially. You know, uh, James did have this. Uh, this nickname of being, you know, the wisest fool in Christendom because he was, he was taken in by a number of, you know, very like sort of superstitious beliefs of the day, but he also was an incredibly uh, well-educated man, like not even like, Oh, for the times, it's just all around. He was very well-educated. He was curious. He was well-read. He enjoyed reading. Um, he had an interest in literature and the arts and was a noted patron of a number of uh, writers and playwrights, as we'll get to. Um, so, you, you know, yes, he was taken in by some stuff because of his personal beliefs. But, you know, this this is by no means a stupid or uneducated person. He just happened to have some unfortunate beliefs that were um, taken advantage sort of, of really. He's sort of taken advantage of for sure, uh, but also things that were sort of impressed on him uh, from a very early age, yeah. um, most especially that, you know, you are God's special boy. And, yeah. you know, as such, you know, you, you have this this divine right to basically do what you please and your word should therefore be law. So, yeah, yeah. it's 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 all a bit it's all a bit mad. Um but also just like this, this, this is a fellow who, you know, he sits and thinks about stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And extra thinking <laughs> means extra. Yeah. Yes. Part knowledge so. is dangerous, as it were. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to demonology. Right. 1597. Uh, at this point, uh, he was still. King James the Sixth of Scotland. He was yes. not yet James the First of England, um, and this this is not atypical of certain thing other things that were written at the time on the subjects of witchcraft and uh, you know necromancy and demonolatry and and all of that uh, all of that stuff. Uh, so it's it's um yeah it's it's put out as a pamphlet but it it also is rather long it's a pamphlet into like three parts you know mm-hmm. it is it's divided i mean it's full it's full title is yeah. just hilarious it's like demonology um in form of a dialogue divided into three books by the high and mighty king james <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. wow, wow, man! It sounds it sounds like a Fallout Boy album. Like, yeah, it's just like <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, I feel like divided into three books. I feel like demonology in the form of a dialogue would make a great Fallout Boy song. Yep, yep, it would. Yep. It absolutely yep. would. That'd be yep. fun. Written by the high and mighty prince James, by the grace of God, King of England, Scotland, France, and Ireland, Defender of the Faith. Tm tm tm. <laughs> it just went on. It just went mm-hmm. on, and it just yeah yeah. Well, just, that's that's the sixteen oh three printing, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the the OG printing, and then yeah, that was it. So he was just like, right, okay. So my first printing was the first one that I said, um, yeah. and then he's just like, oh wait, I'm king of England now. I've got to like, I've got to add. <laughs> oh yeah, extra. and it was in it was yep. in print for a good while. Yep. Yeah. It was. It was very, very popular and not just because the king had written it. You know, it was it. people loved to read scary stories back then. And, you know, they had all these, you know, books and pamphlets and such about, you know, all these sensational things about witch trials and things that people were doing. And. uh, Yeah, this uh, this became one of them. And, you know, when we say pamphlet these days, we think of like a brochure but back then a pamphlet was just a small book yeah it was like an a5 book it wasn't mm-hmm. yeah it wasn't like a tiny like oh you know i'm gonna you know pick up this 
like little kind of A4 divided into three bits kind of thing about where I should go or some ideas or something. Yeah. It was heavily, heavily, basically mm-hmm. like a mini book or a novel. It yeah. just wasn't hardbound, really. Yeah. And he does include, like I said, a lot of things from the North Barrack trials um, in yeah. the pamphlet, including some of the like actual like news of the trials and some stuff that have been tra- uh, uh, not translated, published uh, regarding the trials. Yeah. Uh, the, the actual like text of those pamphlets was included in demonology. Um, and he goes like right for the jugular in the opening lines of the book. Yeah. He tells you what he's on about uh, yeah. the fearful abounding at this time in this country of these detestable slaves of the devil, the witches or enchanters hath moved me, beloved reader, to dispatch in post this following treatise of mine to resolve the doubting both that such assaults of Satan are most certainly practiced and that the instrument thereof merits most severely to be punished. So he's basically putting out this whole thing saying, you know, yes, we absolutely should have all of these witch hunts, uh, you know, ignore what these other blokes are saying about, you know. Which is not exist. Yeah. Trying to be, you know, trying to moderate things or have, you know, skepticism or whatever. No, this this crap happens. I watched it happen in North Berwick. And here's the deal. And also I'm king. Yeah. Uh, Yes. So listen to what I've got to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was very heavily influenced by other works that had like um, predated it. Um, yeah. And the, it is, he, he directly rebuts claims in books like Scott's Discovery of yeah. Witches. Um, he cites them in the text and then goes, no, no, no. And yeah. And the whole thing is is set up as a Socratic argument um, between. <laughs> yeah. Between two people who who are named, I I didn't write down what the names were, but they're, they're oh, Greek. They are. Um, oh, it is. I just wrote Phil. I'm so terrible. <laughs> I wrote I wrote Phil, Phil and, and Epi. Yeah, yeah, and I was just like, no, I wrote it down. It was we can, we can say Phil and Epi. Yeah, it's Phil and Epi. Yeah, just yep, yeah. and it's just it is just an absolute like. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, oh, but, I got it. I got it. No, I got but, it. Um, Philomathes, who is, uh, uh, the, um, taking a, a philosophical stance on the legal aspects yeah. of things, but is, yeah. is trying to, um, <clears throat> gain more knowledge from the character of Epistemon, who is the, the person who is yeah. speaking for, uh, for King James. Um, yeah. Yeah. And this is, it, it has to do with, uh, uh, you know, stuff that ties into, like, Socratic arguments and the Socratic method, which we're not going to get into because it's it's a whole daily oh, yeah. jobby. But it's it is a thing. Yeah. Feel free to look it up if you really want to do your head in. Um, but, yes, again, something that's not uncommon as a literary device back in the day framed as a debate between two characters because it's a way of putting forth, you know, well, this is the argument. Aha. But this is my response yeah. to this is my counterpoint. This is my. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. there has been a translated TM version. Mm-hmm. Um, a copy has been uh, translated, as it were, um, and it's published by um, Llewellyn of all people, actually, um, which was quite a surprise when I was uh, looking that up. I was like, OK, fair dues. That's, that's a bold move for, mm-hmm. for the kind of pagan publishing house to uh, to, to publish demonology. Um, yes. And I will I will link that in the notes. That is one of yeah. the things that I kind of popped aside as ooh, further reading suggested. Here you go. This one. Yeah, because it's, it's a lot easier to I mean, obviously, it comes with the caveat that somebody of a paganish persuasion will have translated it or, mm-hmm. or kind of put it into modern modern speak um but i would love to do a reinterpretation sometime um mm-hmm. because yeah it's things like um you know the the first chapter is something to like an argument of existence of some beliefs of the time that you know witches didn't actually exist and it's a whole conversation between phil and epi about kind of like you know, feels like, yo, the witches exist, change my mind. And Epi's yeah. just like, 
Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. And like Epi's like, it totally is apparent. Look at all this, you know. Look at look at Saul, you know. Mm-hmm. And it feels just like, mm, is is it though? Is it though? Is it though? <laughs> it's just like, and Epi's like, yeah. Here are some Bible facts. Yeah. Um, oh yes. Here are some Bible facts. Um, and Ooh, just foreshadowing. Of, yeah. And it just there's some of the things that I've kind of like reading it through. It was like. Oh, I don't have time to explain this to you. I think it was in like, um, I can't remember. I think it was in like in chapter four. And, you know, Phil's just like, oh, but what about astrology? Because that's maths, right? Mm-hmm. And, and math you know, is clearly evil. Math is clearly <laughs> okay. You know, what, you know, chapter two was like, okay, what is actually sin? Chapter three is like, look, explain magic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's the difference between magic and necromancy? Um, and you know, Phil's just like, come on, bloody prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically came down to, oh, it's okay, because it's fine learning about it. You can educate yourself about it. As long as you, you can't do, do it. it. Yeah. And you know, it's like astrology, it's just like, yes, and that is, but that's okay, because you're rich and you're white and you're male. And there, and it's basically, it is maths as long as you don't use it for divination purposes. So mm-hmm. using the stars to plot a course to go to, to see, like navally, is mm-hmm. fine to use it at maths, but if you try and use it to define the future, it's, it's, you know, it's witchcraft, it's bad. Um, you know, and it's just, there's a few times that, um, Epi's just like, yeah, um, basically, he's one of the end of his arguments is, um, so basically, I haven't got all day to explain this to you. So you should just go ahead and do your own research. And I was just like, is that 1600s equivalent of um, go do your own research? Because I haven't got time to like, yes, explain yes, this to is. you. I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the oh. This is, a, you know, this argument, we're having this. I, I don't have, you know, I don't have time to go through all this with you. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a couple of times he's just like, oh, well, you know. Well, clearly, clearly um, it's in the scripture about soul. Like, you know, there's one bit where he's just like, oh, do witches even exist? Because that's what Scott had written about, hadn't he? He was like, um, mm-hmm. Which is though, um, and then the, as an absolute rebuttal, um, he was just like, "Well, well, clearly witches exist because you know, Saul. They're in, in the Bible. Exodus is it? Yeah, it's in the Bible. In Exodus, Saul goes up to some witches and it's just like, yo, what's the future? How do I, how do I maintain my kingly kingness? Um, <laughs> and that was that was like, yeah, that that was that was the problem. Um, so, yeah." Better not call Saul, really, but it was just like. Yeah, but just one of my notes is so epi, mate, which is sus. <laughs> yes. Now, yes. mate, it's well apparent, Phil, mm-hmm. is it though? Epi, is it, here's a Bible is it fact. I don't have, is it though? I don't have time to go through this with you. Do your mm-hmm. own research, TM. And it is just an absolute back and forth of. Mm-hmm everything and the amount that phil has any counterpoints there's just acceptance of what epi's just said because you know Mm -hmm. like he'll go on this massive like three-page rant about these are the bible facts and then phil doesn't get any rebuttal back Mm -hmm. he's just like oh okay yeah this is fine so there's no it is very like ah rebuttal one here are all the ways in which you're wrong there is no mm-hmm. rebuttal to. That's the next chapter, but we're just going to gloss. We're going to absolutely gloss yeah. over mm-hmm. it. And it's yeah. just... <sighs> it makes yeah. very interesting reading. But I had to it, read it. It does. Like... It's a bit dense, but it makes for interesting yeah. reading. And it records um, a lot of the... Um, as as Scott's work did, it records a lot of the um, the superstitions of the day. And like what constitutes witchcraft and what do witches actually do? You know, what are their aims? That sort of thing. Because it's for, for some, it was, it was a little nebulous and 
Um, you know, also he's, you know, setting in sort of uh, in legal terms and also in terms of, of, of belief and, you know, it, like ecclesiastical belief and also common belief. It's like, this is what witches do. Yes, they exist. These are their aims. They're wholly evil and they're in league with the devil and they're trying to, you know, bring down good people. And the the purpose of all of, you know, all of this, of us, you know, talking about this evil, evil subject and these evil, evil people is to educate people so they can better uh, defend themselves. Yeah. and. Yes. And the uh, there is there's also like a very important um, discussion on the, the difference between Christian miracles and uh, things that appear miraculous, but are actually, you know, caused by the devil, things that are the re- result of witchcraft and, you know, so on and so forth. And the conclusion of the whole thing is that James says demons are under the direct supervision of God, unable to act without his permission, and they are used um, as sort of a, a corrective device for people to show people the error of their ways. So he basically says God allows this evil to exist in order to test us and in order for us to become more godly. Uh, we we see these evils so that, you know, we can be tested and Passing the test means rooting them out and denying these bad things and uh, getting rid of the people who uh, who fall for these tricks. Yeah. 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 It's just... Which which is basically just more justification for the witch trials, because some people had come forward and said, oh, it's a bit excessive. And he's like, no, no, it wasn't. I was clearly doing God's work. Clearly. clearly. I, not just because I am king, nope. but also because I am king. Yep. Like, yeah, and they're just like, okay, so what actually are these? And they're just like, yes, you know, the second part is like, right, well, this is what an incubus is, and this is what a succubus is, and it's just like, D- mm-hmm. dude, you got really, you got really into describing some of this, like, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's yeah. also where the um the the descriptions from the North Barrack trials come in. Yeah. He's like, you know, you know, not just all this stuff that is in the uh, the Bible and whatnot. You know, here's things that just happened. Um, clearly, you know, this is proof because, you know, it just happened. These people confessed to it. Sure, it was under torture, but <clears throat> you know, uh, yep. We'll just we'll just gloss over that. And yeah, and he also um, he also includes fairies. Yes, in, he does. In in you know things that are. Uh, demonic and yeah. in league with the devil and, and witchcraft, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people kind of screamed at because it was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> this is this is our, you know, country folklore that uh, wh- what do you mean? This is evil now. Is, oh, oh yeah. OK, yeah. fine. And also, do you really want to pick on the fake queen? Because like, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's just like, OK. You know, and basically feels just like, but, but what makes what makes them different? You know, what mm-hmm. is them? Because you've said all about these previous kind of like four chapters in the second half of the book, like, but what makes them so different? And he's mm-hmm. just like, they're not. They're just those in de- because they are deceiving you and leading you yes astray. Mhm, mhm. It's like yes, and that's a big part of it is that you know. At least that's that's one thing where he agrees with some of the uh, the pieces that he was rebutting is that some people um, are just deceived into thinking yes. that these things are happening. Yeah. Um, but that in itself is an evil because they're being led astray and they're believing in things that are not godly. Yeah, because it is yeah. these things that are outside, you know, people wouldn't even say the faith. They call them things like our good neighbors. And, mm-hmm. you know, the hill folk, uh, the hill folk or, or, or the fair the wee, ones, the wee peoples, yes, the wee peoples. Yeah. And it's just. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, he does at least go on to say, oh, well, you know, we're not going to punish people. We shouldn't really punish people who the fae kind of present themselves to or fairies present themselves to. Um, mm-hmm. But it's they should be pitied. 
They should be pitied. They should because be pitied, they have been led astray. astray but they have yeah. been led astray. But if they start convening with them, mm-hmm. you know, because Satan, Beelzebub and Lucifer are three different, according to him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's they they yeah. got very, very into like naming various demons yeah. and saying yeah. like what they did and like how many legions they had and what they presided over. And it was yeah, it's a whole thing. Uh, the the key of Solomon is, is a fascinating piece, um, whether it has fuck all to do with yes. with King Solomon in actuality is a completely different subject. Yep. Um but Yeah. So and that's that's yeah, but that's demonology in in a nutshell. Um and he included um the the News of Scotland pamphlet with all of his arguments um which describes you know uh, the trial of, of various people in, in the North Barrack trials, most notably Dr. Fian. Um, yeah. And it, uh, heavily inspired, um, a number of people who came later, uh, including, unfortunately, that fucker, Matthew Hopkins. <sighs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we all know how I feel about him. <laughs> yeah, that uh, he directly cited uh, demonology as his uh, inspiration and his yep. resource uh, for creating methods for discovering witches um, in his own uh, book that he published, which was also called The Discovery of Witches, which is very confusing. Confusing, because if you Google yeah. that, then that you're actually going, no, you're not going to get Scott's version. You're going to yeah. get Hopkins's version. First. Or the, uh, the, the, the modern novel. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I haven't, yeah, I was about to say, I, I haven't actually, I haven't read those. Um, yeah. I've watched the TV show, but, yeah. yeah I, I, I haven't, I haven't really got too far into either, but as, as I understand it, part of the story, uh, involves time travel and literally deals with the North Barrack witch trials. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so it's, it's like a thing. It is a whole thing, TM. Excellent. Certainly a whole thing, and it's very involved and complicated. And one of these days, I am going to finish it, so no one spoil it yep. for me. Yes, yeah. um, <laughs> but I don't. Don't <laughs> message us with spoilers. We'll get round to it eventually. Yes. <laughs> getting round to it. Getting round to it. Yeah. Um, but yes, so that's that's demonology in a nutshell. It's it's King James um, printing his own uh, his own ideas about witchcraft and his own experiences with the North Barrack trials and also a lot of, um, sort of notable superstitions of the day and just reporting all of this as fact, um, something one might add that was later done by a one Margaret Murray. Yeah. Um, when reporting on um, the supposed history of the <sighs> Great White Western Witch Cult. <sighs> so, yeah. unfortunately, yes, it yes. also creates a precedent for that. Yep. And but that is time, no, we, no. we will get to her ass one day. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep. It's just oh, the burning time myth, and it's just mm-hmm. an absolute nightmare. Yes. Yeah. So this this helps to create that. Yep. And it, it, it does stoke yeah. it. It absolutely stokes it because news from Scotland, which was added on the end, um, like you said earlier, um, poor Dr. Fian, it was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, it just absolutely added, added yeah. to everything. It literally stoked the fire. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Richard Bernard's um, 19, uh, 19, <laughs> 1929, gee, 1629. There we go. Guide to Grand Jury Men. Mm, which was actually shit. how you do a judicial trial. And it's like, um, let's mm-hmm. not take witch trials as actual trials, please, people. But nope, 1629. Yep. yep. But gonna, because yep. of that, uh, because of that Elizabethan law, you know, yep. now it is in the hands of secular courts and not ecclesiastical ones. I'm not sure if that really was any better because, yep. you know, at least with ecclesiastical courts, you know, you eventually had the chance to appeal to a secular court and yes. be like, listen, this is all based on, you know, church stuff. And I want to be tried by the, by the actual law. You know, if it's a secular court, then the actual law is going, nah, mate, you're fucked. Yep. Yeah. No. Nah. Because that was a lot harder to. 
you, yeah. you had fewer, you know, yeah. options. You, you were really kind of fucked either way, but yeah, it's but just a really kind. Yeah, and it just really and after the gunpowder plot. Mm. Oh yeah. For that really that mm-hmm. that really because it, it 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 almost there was almost this oh you know you just not you're just paranoid but you know oh well sir maybe people aren't really out to get you that much and then after Guy Fawkes tries to blow him up um it's, it's like true. no it wasn't witches it was catholics but mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely still people out to get me so yeah. therefore so we're going to get them too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're mm-hmm. just going to lump all of them together. Yeah. Yep. 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 And there are, um, you know, th- this is like post demonology, but there are things that get added to the laws that sort of conflate certain, um, like Catholic goings on yep. with witchcraft and, yep. and, and so on. And there's a whole thing about, you know, having like images and speaking in tongues or speaking in Latin or using the old verses and, uh, you know, relying on like papist superstition. And that becomes very much uh, lumped in with demonolatry in a way, yeah. because, you um, know, it's oh Catholics still believe in demons. It yeah. must mean that they can sort yeah. them, question mark. Can't be yeah. having secret masses and, and going off and doing your own secret Bible study. Oh, no. Yeah. It's yeah. not that. It's definitely, definitely, it's definitely witchcraft. Things. And it's just like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, definitely not just Catholics who have felt so persecuted that they're doing either it's young women's courting men, um, or they're going off to kind of secret Catholic mass that they were like holding, um, mm-hmm. in other people's houses and stuff. Um, and it's just like, okay, is what's easier for me to confess and get away with being a yeah. Catholic or being a witch? Mm, six to one f- half dozen to the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either way, you're probably going to hang. But at least, at least with the witchcraft, it's horrible. Mm. Only they hung. Whereas Mm. if you confess to being a Catholic, then the man of the house would have known what was going on. And therefore, he must be Catholic, too. So Mm. it was there was like familial preservation involved in that as well. Yeah. And a lot of time they lumped charges of witchcraft and heresy kind of together because, yeah. you know, in their mind, it went hand in hand. If you're committing heresy, then you must also be, you know, doing all this treasonous stuff. stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Heresy uh-huh. detected. Boop, mm-hmm. boop, boop. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, as as my listeners may recall, um, a lot of witchcraft accusations that we look at that were, you know, these witch trials, it all started with like charges of heresy. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, once uh, once Jimmy Boy uh, gets into the game, yes. um, heresy is also treason. Yes. Um, so there's that. And that was a lot harder to, like, wiggle yeah. out of. And, and it's OK, because if you rewrite the Bible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of which. Rewrite the Bible to suit what you want. <laughs> Oh, it's yeah, okay. I was just coming up to that, just coming yep. up to that. You were saying 1604, uh, yep. same year as, as the gunpowder plot. Um, Jimmy convenes the Hampton Court Conference and orders a new English Bible because, and this is important, um, there was a Puritan translation that had existed before, and he had got hold of it and was just basically like, Oh no, this, this won't do it all. This is not in line with, you know, with my beliefs about how, how we should be doing things. The the Puritans are are much too stiff uh, and much too uh, superstitious about certain things. Um, Therefore we need a new English translation of the Bible, an official one that will be, you know, ordered by the King and approved by me the wisest fool in Christendom. And, yes. and there, there we go. So it was a new English translation, the authorized English translation. Um, it becomes the King James version um, sometime yeah. in the 1700s, but uh, until then it was the authorized Bible version, uh-huh, the authorized version um, meant to conform really much more closely to ecclesiastical standards that James had set down and reinforce the belief in the infallibility of uh, the Protestant church and of the clergy. 
Yeah. Um, the whole, you know, what, what is it? Um, the whole lean, not on your own understanding thing. It's like, just listen to what the, what the person doing this whole thing tells you. Sure. You can read the Bible for yourself, but the Bible is just telling you to listen to your, to your priest or your king. Yeah, do the th- yeah. You can do it, but you can read the Bible, but you know it, it, you can't read Latin, so that's mm-hmm. that's the Catholics out. Um, and and actually, we don't want you reading this Protestant ver this this sorry not Protestant version this Puritan yeah. version, um, mm-hmm. because you know actually kind of sounds slightly kind of secular in some regards. <coughs> Oliver Cromwell, <coughs> yeah. yeah. Charles the I did not. Yeah, I was about to say Charles the First did uh, not live as long as his dad. Um, and it's just, yeah. So it's it's kind of this. Oh, they're getting a bit more secular. Let's nip that in the bud. Um, mm-hmm. So I know what I'll do, guys. Let's publish our own authorized version that's definitely not Catholic, but mm-hmm. definitely not kind of. Oh, maybe the king is wrong. So, but if we put it out in English or English at that time, everyone can read it. And if I'm giving knowledge, biblical knowledge to the masses, aren't I fantastic? Mm-hmm. Aren't I grand? Yes. Yep. Yes. There, there's always, there's always that angle to it. We are not immune to propaganda. Yep. And that was very much part yep. of this whole project. It's, oh, oh, look how good I am. I'm giving the Bible yep. to the masses. I'm giving yep. them, an authorized version that's approved by the church that everyone can read. La la la. We will all agree and be happy fun times. Yeah. Um, the trouble is <laughs> um, that much like the original uh, compilation of, of, of the Bible, uh, this was a book created by committee. Yes, um, 47 people. Oh my God. There, there's actually, um, there's a book out called God's Secretaries that goes through, uh, the whole, uh, commissioning and creation of the King James version of the Bible. Uh, it's very fascinating. Um, you, you can find it various places. It is on Audible if you, uh, prefer your information put into your ears instead of your eyes. Uh, I will link it in the show notes. You can go check it out. Highly recommend. Um, I, did read some parts of it as like part of my research and it's just it's just fascinating i want to get through the whole thing at some point um because i I love me some history um but yes and so not just you know the fact that it was created by committee and therefore they had to kind of agree on you know what they were going to take in versus what they were going to sort of leave out or rework Yep. was was more likely because this is still the Bible. They can't take too much out. But because it was going to be um, printed, because it was going to be uh, sort of mass produced, they did have to do things like change words to fit on a line or <laughs> remove. Yeah, or remove punctuation, um, which had some pretty interesting effects. Yeah. And and also just retranslating certain words and getting it wrong because, you know, these men were not all like literary scholars. Nope. A lot of them were just politicians. (laughs) Yep. And uh, well, not all. I mean, there were learned men in the conference, but it's like they set out to create a Bible that was going to please their king first and foremost. Yeah. You know, the focus was not on like million percent accuracy here. Um, right away, there was criticism, albeit very quietly, because you can't really, you know, go hang on a minute to the king and the no. church at the same time. No. No. Oof, oof. But it's 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 things like like there's a word in Hebrew that means like aurochs or like a big giant wild ox but because yeah. of a mistranslation it's set in the King James version as a freaking unicorn and there was a there was a whole like colored picture of this unicorn oh yeah well. so like it was just like you know it's uh, it was just yeah i mean the king james bible it mentions unicorns nine times mhm 
And I think, you know, one of them warns about the doom coming to enemies of God Church and the unicorns shall come down with them and the bullets and the bulls and the land will be soaked with their blood. And you're like, OK, so so the unicorns are going to get together with a load of bulls and just be like, <laughs> no. And clearly, you know, it meant oxen. it meant oxen. <laughs> but nope, yeah. it's nope. It's the unicorns. It's the unicorns because Scotland. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. So, yeah, which which is why it tickles me that there's like biblical literalist movements, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, that are like, you know, well, it's written in the Bible, therefore it's true. And it's like the Bible, the, the King James Bible says there are unicorns. <laughs> so, yes. Nate, um, and cars are not a thing. So, you know. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, Anyway, one of these, one of the other uh, mistranslations, and you know, of course, James putting his his, his finger in the pie, um, is that many references to um, a a poisoner or an assassin or a malefactor or a, predi- a, a practitioner of taboo practices, um, whether arcane or simply medical, uh, they're all set down as one word. Which, yes, yeah, and that's this, yeah, <laughs> and that is <laughs> that is where we get that verse: "Thou shalt suffer a witch to live." And the original, like, context of that verse did not mean a magical practitioner at all. It specifically referred to a poisoner, particularly someone who makes and distributes poisons for malicious purposes because that's someone who can like topple a government because they're or or a family or a patriarchy or whatever because they're distributing you know poisons think like affair of the poisons and lavoisan and the inheritance powders that sort of thing thou shalt not suffer someone like that to live that's what they were talking about not someone yeah they're (laughs) exactly and they're yeah they're they're not talking about someone who you know, dances under the moon and, yep. you know, believes in nature spirits. They're they're literally talking about someone who makes and distributes poison to kill people. Yep. Um, but because that came down as witch, again, with the, you know, the, the association at that time between witches and the use of poisons, you know, no one understood fucking nuance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and of course, because it was like, yeah, this is just this is the approved version and we're going to take it all very literally. Uh, clearly, they mean anyone who is suspected of witchcraft by whatever definition we give it, um, that person should then be executed. And of course, if you take that in conjunction with demonology, it's it's then, yeah. quote unquote, very clear to people later on that this is what they are meant yeah. to do. And that leads to a whole host of horrible, horrible things, as we well know. Yep. And also poisoning was seen as a woman's weapon. Yes. You know, women would poison their husbands. So it, it really does link back to like, OK, mm-hmm. you know, witches, it must be the women who are predominantly more dangerous. Yeah. And, and demonology just, yeah. does cite uh, the same sort of rhetoric that it, that we see in the Malleus Maleficarum that, you know, women are weak willed and therefore yep. more susceptible to temptation and, and so forth. Yep. And it could, it couldn't just be that women are fucking unhappy because they have a terrible place in, 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 in society. Yeah, no, society. No, no, it's, no, no, it's okay. Cause you know, Kramer's just like all mm-hmm. wickedness is, but little to the wickedness of women. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, okay. And you know, tell like us Kramer. you're an incel without telling us you're an incel. <laughs> yes. Oh man. And Kramer's like, oh, it's okay. Cause crying's just an excuse. Kramer's just like, oh, okay. Women only cry just to deceive men. And you're just like, wow. Yes. You know, when you're reading demonology and, and James is like, um, I'm going to be a bit more gender neutral. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there are also men included in this. Um, you, you know, when King James is just like, mm, maybe we should ease up on the women hating that you think that it's just like, Oh God. Yep. Yeah. When King James is telling you, you need to ease up on hating women. It's like, (laughs) dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that, um, that 
uh, brings us to something I discovered during my research, something I'd sort of heard of before, like tangentially, uh, the King James only oh. movement. Um, yeah. It's uh, the listeners can't hear me grasping my nose. <laughs> like, I'm just like pinching the top of my nose going. Yeah, I I, I read about this and oh. like I thought it was a more like modern thing, but no, apparently it's it's been around for uh, for ages, mostly of like like is. since this thing was freaking put out. Yep. Um, there are people who uh, who take not only take the Bible literally, uh, but who see the King James Bible as the definitive version of the Bible. And, um, you know, this is the greatest English translation ever produced. It doesn't need improvements. It doesn't need to be uh, reexamined. It doesn't need additional context. It doesn't need additional research. It is perfect the way it is. Anything that has come after is uh, corrupt and valueless and should be discounted, you know, not the you know, accounting for any has- sort of. Unicorns and giants. Yeah, not accounting for the fact that there could be human error or an agenda or, you know, that times change. These are the people who are like, yes, the Bible is literal. We don't need to improve upon it. And also, you know, these are the folks who are like, if it's not in the Bible, it doesn't exist. Um, But there was a typo in one (laughs) of the versions, the Wicked Bible, which was a printing error. Mm-hmm. So it was like, thou shall commit adultery instead of uh-huh. thou shall not commit adultery. Whoopsie. <laughs> and that was like a thousand copies of that went out. Uh-huh. So yeah. how does that work? Because giants and unicorns don't exist. Exactly. And there was a typo even in the 1600s. So. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And of course, to the surprise of absolutely no one, um, this this is something that you will see a lot in conservative Christian uh, movements. Yeah. Oh, shocking. Yeah. But this has been around um, since the uh, since the 1800s, at the very least. Uh, you know, there were people who were like praising the King James version of the Bible as like the definitive Bible when it came out. Um but yeah, um, like starting in like the the 1800s, uh, there were definite movements to say, you know, this is the only version of the Bible. Uh, these later translations are corrupt, and they're espousing all these modern things. And no, 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 this one was perfect. We don't need to change it. And it's just ugh. it it, it ugh. makes me laugh, but also gives me a headache. Yeah. Um. Because it's like considering how recently it was written, all of the errors in translation, the fact that it was assembled and translated by committee, the clear prejudices of the committee and the man whose name it bears. It's like, it's just. But do they not wear T-shirts? Because I'm thinking like Leviticus is against mixed fabrics. Yeah. Yeah. What? Just the the idea of <laughs> biblical infallibility is just foolish on its face to begin with to me. Um, you know, if it's written in the Bible, it's literally true. There's no room for interpretation, no consideration for differences in language or culture, no accounting for, you know, passage of time or changing views on society and the parallel belief that if it's not written in the Bible, it doesn't exist. It, it's all just it's stupid. Let's let's not mince words. It's stupid. Because, um, sorry, I'm yeah. just, I'm sorry, Brie. I'm just so shocked by this. That I just keep like, yeah, you don't wear t-shirts and you don't drive a car. Oh, God. The guns just, weren't in the Bible either. Exactly. Freaking exactly. I, I mean, the, the texts included in the Bible were written centuries ago. Many of them that were considered were excluded and they're now, you know, Apocrypha or the Gnostic Gospels or, or what have you. And it was never meant to be a comprehensive tome that included the sum of all knowledge. It was just supposed to be like the tenets of one church. And I mean, no matter what faith or belief system you have 
or don't have, have basing your entire system of morality and understanding on the world on one single document is never a good idea. No. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it does. It does not matter what faith it is. You know, I'm. Yeah. Looking at you, certain pagan types. I'm not. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's, yeah, I'm not that. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Glass houses, yeah. stones. You know, we're not. We're not just picking. We're definitely not picking on 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 this because you know we we. we it happens in our own camp. It does. It Gosh does, and it, it is and something yeah. that should be equally yep. as as fervently discouraged in yep. witchcraft and pagan circles. Yep. It's like, look, <laughs> do look, not put just... all of those knowledge eggs into one basket. You right. have to look at other stuff. You have to yep. understand context and yep. allow for changing viewpoints and yep. such. So, but yes, for a lot of people. Um, even if they don't believe in biblical infallibility, the King James version of the Bible is the definitive text for a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, for better or for worse, it has influenced several centuries worth of, you know, Christian belief, biblical discussion, and also beliefs about Christianity coming from yeah. outside the faith. Um, again, for better or for worse. So that's that. <laughs> My mind has just been blown at this last revelation. I'm just like, Ugh. I don't, I don't, but. Um, I know. Sorry, it's... everybody's just, sorry, some, the poor listeners are just like, <laughs> you heard it here first. Mm-hmm. I actually lost the ability to talk there, guys. I just <laughs> lost the words. And that never happens. I always have something to say. And I just. Eh. Mm-hmm. I can't. I just, <sighs> yeah, the stupid, it burns, I know, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, uh, that's, uh, that's mostly that on, on King Jimmy, uh, he, he was also involved in some other stuff that had to do with, you know, um, of course, the, the gunpowder treason and plot and the whole Jacobean thing, um, yeah. but again, that's all sort of separate from, but that's all politics and we're allergic yep. to politics here. So we'll, we'll just, we'll provide sources yeah. uh, in the show notes. If you want to go and read further about the life of King James and all of the other stuff that he got involved in, he was a very busy man, very, very busy man. <laughs> a lot man. happened during his reign, um, whether he was involved in it or not, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that happened in that period of history. And it's, it's quite interesting. Yes. Um, and he reigned for almost 58 years. Yep. Uh, if we, if we count the beginning of his reign as uh, King of Scotland all the way yep. until his death in, in 1625, I think yes. it was. Um, yeah. So he had quite a long tenure, got a lot done, um, succeeded by Charles the first. Yeah. Charles the first. Charles the first. Yeah. Um, who, who, met, who met, who met rather a sticky end. Yes. Um, Oliver Cromwell was just like, ah, no, oh, mate. fucking Cromwell. <laughs> and then he was just like, and then all this stuff happened, and then Hopkins happened in the middle, and then Ugh. there was a civil war, and then they were like, um, um, I know we overthrew the kingship, but you know, kind of want it back. Ch- Ch- Charles 2.0, can we have you back again, please? And he was like, yeah, sure, this is fine. I'm the king I'm who like, brought back partying. Yes. And spaniels. I'm the one, yeah. <laughs> Christmas! <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> yes! <laughs> Drinking, yeah, it's like, Woo! Oh. yeah, don't like, don't, don't like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, boo, no king, sorry, no Christmas, no drinking, what, no, where's the king, quick, <laughs> yep, excuse oh. me, do you not know that we're in England, mate, like, our, our thing, Christmas. <laughs> like, we love Christmas and drinking, that, that's our thing, like, mm-hmm. you can't get rid of that, like, yeah. <laughs> Executing people willy nilly, that's fine. We'll accept that. You just you came for our Christmas and our binge drinking culture. No. Stupid man. Stupid man, <laughs> jog on. Oh. <laughs> uh but yes. <sighs> that that's a completely other yep. other topic, but you know, yep. wholesale fuck Oliver Cromwell. Um yep. but yes, that's uh that's the story of King Jimmy, the godliest yep. boy who ever godly boyed. And of course um, the manliest we, man who ever manly man. <laughs> Yes, 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 and and kissed lots of boys allegedly. Yes. Allegedly, <laughs> mm-hmm. <Treason>. but <laughs> but 
but we will uh we will talk about uh we will list rather we will list um we will list things in the show notes for yes. you to read uh if you wish for the reading on any topics we have covered and thank you for coming with us on this journey um not sure what we're doing next time. It's it's Lozzie's pick next time. So I'm <laughs> I am waiting with bated breath to see what you have uh, what you have chosen. And it should be very interesting. But <laughs> we'll be back. Be exciting. Yee! We'll be back very soon with another episode of the Stardust Session. So until then, thank you for joining us and stay loosey goosey. Honk. <laughs> Yeah. Hex Positive is a proud member of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Check out everything they have to offer, including our sibling podcast, BS Free Witchcraft, over at nerdandtie.com. Intro and outro music by Kevin McLeod. For all the latest updates, follow at hex underscore podcast on Twitter. You can also follow me at, at Brina Garen on Twitter and Instagram. For more information on my books, you can check out my WordPress and my Amazon author page. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit patreon.com slash Stay safe, wash your hands, and remember, always practice safe hex. Positive is a proud member of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Check out everything they have to offer, including our sibling podcast, BS Free Witchcraft, over at nerdandtie.com. Intro and outro music by Kevin McLeod. For all the latest updates, follow at hex underscore podcast on Twitter. You can also follow me at, at Brina Garen on Twitter and Instagram. For more information on my books, you can check out my WordPress and my Amazon author page. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit patreon.com slash Stay safe, wash your hands, and remember, always practice safe hacks.